Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And a very warm welcome to Sturkers and Radar and Cut, our monthly podcast brought to you by P. Play your best and get yourself the new tripper. Great to have you with us. We have a very special guest coming up, so uh, do stay tuned for that in a few minutes' time. Remember, on social, Sturkers Radar on Twitter and on Instagram, Sturkers and Radar Pod on Instagram. Radar, good to see you. You've been doing some miles recently, haven't you? How cool has the last few weeks been? Well, yeah, I've done uh, 10 out of 12 weeks. It's just a busy time. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. From the States to getting back to the um, DP World Tour, the Irish and then Scottish Open, the Open, and then the Seniors Open. Yeah, it's been it's been sensational. Great golf courses. Weather has obeyed. So everything's really cool in our world of golf. St Andrews is special, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think I've watched as much golf on TV as I have this year. I've been on mat leave. I was sat on my sofa watching the Open. I thought it was incredible. I was gutted not to be there. Um, 150th, special scenes. Shame Rory didn't do it. But just what was it like being on the ground? I mean, it was, it was just a magical week. Yeah, after nine holes uh, Sunday, I'm with that final group, Rory, and... I thought he had a two shot. I thought, no, nah, this is curtains here. Yeah. But then uh, Cameron Smith started to make all those birdies around the turn there, around loop at the old course, and then made a lot of birdies coming in. Shoot 64 the last day of an open championship, coming from four back. Um, yeah, he won it. I don't think, look, a lot of people thought Rory lost it. Rory just didn't hit it close enough, is the simple fact. People are going, oh, he didn't hold any putts. But he didn't know any putts because if you keep on leaving yourself 30 footers, uh, that's the way it is. And, you know, hitting eight irons and seven irons and all sorts of clubs to 30 feet, they aren't bad shots, but you're under a lot of pressure to hold serious putts. And that's what happened. Rory didn't hold the putts. Cameron Smith did on Sunday. He did. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi! <laughs> Listen, can I ask you an honest question? I, I like Cameron Smith. I think he's a, he's a great guy. In my head I never had him I don't want to be disrespectful because he played unreal that week I just didn't I didn't see him as a major champion yet until this year obviously the players championship victory is that fair to say I just I knew as a quality player kind of laid back good guy I just didn't see him with a major already yeah, I don't think it's a, a fair thing that I don't, a thing to say I don't think it's an unfair thing to say Look, we've got to remember that Cameron Smith got his big start. How did he get his card on the uh, PGA Tour? How he got his card on the PGA Tour was 
Chambers Bay, Jordan Spieth's US Open year, he ran fourth. No one ever heard. He runs fourth from nowhere. Qualifier, gets his card, and here he is. This year at the Masters, he was going into the last couple of days, uh, and he's ran second there before. Yeah, yeah he, he's got his great major pedigree, but he's one of those guys that just slips under the radar. He does, just, yeah. He, no one really speaks about, but they are now. This won't be his last. This, no. this won't be how many? I don't know how many he's going to win. But the thing is, well, when you get a major champion like this, that means he's got five years in all the majors there right now, Cameron Smith, which what do I think? Well, do I think live? Will he go after the FedEx Cup, which is just about to come around? Will he wait for the President's Cup? I don't know. But he has five years now. And watch this space. Don't be surprised, everyone, if Cameron Smith goes and does a a little money swoop. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, we're hearing some rumours. But, yeah, I just... And maybe, like you said, slips under the radar. Maybe it's kind of, like I said, that affable Aussie kind of mentality. You know, he, he strides along the fairways. He's got the mullet. He, he just, he's just kind of a laid back, cool guy. And I just, yeah, I, I know you said some of the major pedigree, but I just thought, what well, I didn't quite see it yet. And yet that that weekend, that Sunday was just incredible. And, you know, the putting performance that everybody waxed lyrical about, it was sensational. And is he, look, you know him well, is he, is he as, about as genuine as a come? Is what we see, is that what he's like? when the cameras aren't on. Yes. He's the sort of guy that if I go out there on the golf course and I catch up with him playing with other guys and, and go do my on course commentary stuff, I can't repeat the way it's me on the green. It's not like, hello, Radar, how are you? <laughs> it's not those. It's more quite crude, actually. <laughs> no, but you surprised me. Very Australian that we just look at each other and don't even have to laugh. It's like uh, <laughs> uh, he's just one of those guys, the Brisbane boy. He's, he's just uh, he's an Aussie. He's one of those guys that just he, he, it was something to be very proud of. But you know what? What are you supposed to be like as a golfer? Well, who knows? I mean, you know what he's like because yeah. and he hasn't played for a bit now, a few weeks. But, but the players are coming up where I'm going the next three weeks. Um, to do that, and, and he'll be there, and you know it's massive. He, he's he's a great player. Look, he doesn't do anything. Well, his putting stands out. We know yeah. that. We know that. You look at like seventeen. The road hole didn't disappoint. Rory had one from twenty feet down the hill, and Cameron Smith had the same putt for a putt. Rory's for birdie for birdie on Sunday. Cameron's for par. Mm. Cameron holds it. Rory doesn't. Yeah. It's just it just summed it up. It, it did, and he had that. I think something that even at the players, you know, as well as he played at the players, I just saw there was something in his eye on that Sunday, that kind of ruthless streak that I just stood out that probably I hadn't really seen from him before. Just the look in the eyes. I mean, he was just had that kind of different look about him. Yeah, but got really large ones. And we've discussed before that um, Matt Fitzpatrick wheels his around in a wheelbarrow. So does does Cameron Smith. And they are very similar players. Yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick and Cameron. They both, they aren't seriously long, but long enough. Yeah. Drive it straight. Their irons are good. They chip great. They putt great. They do everything well. These two players can win at any time. 
definitely. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome to watch. But yeah, watch the space in terms of where Cameron Smith may be heading um, after the playoffs. Uh, listen, I'm up in uh, Muirfield at the minute, um, hosting a little event for the RNA Mastercard and HSBC on Thursday. Slowly starting get, getting back into the work thing radar, uh, which is which is interesting. So I'm up at Muirfield. I played in the pro am yesterday, and we finished second. Who's we lost play? out. We lost out by a shot. I was playing with chief exec of the RNA, Martin Slumbers who's a joy, big fan of Martin. I've obviously known him a few years now, got the invite along and then played with my good pal, Naga Manchetti as well. Um, and a tyatitical from Thailand, who is 19 years of age, already inside the world's top 10, future world number one. She played incredibly well, out in 30. Look out for her this week at the Women's Open. But how cool is Muirfield? And you played there just a couple of weeks ago with... Lindsay Garden, who caddied for you when you won the Aussie Open in 1991, she's a member, one of only a select few members. Muirfield only accepted female memberships in 2019, and they are hosting the Women's Open for the first time this week. It's such a huge occasion. It's an amazing golf course, isn't it? And how cool that the, the women are playing at Muirfield. Yeah, Lindsay, yeah, she, she's a member there. Great player, Scott. Um, international, and I also played with Katrina Matthew. Uh, you know, she's a Beanie's a great, you know, she's a great friend and, and a wonderful player. And played with this other tosser called Rich Beam. And <laughs> so we, so we had a game around there. It was windy, but uh, yeah, every time I got there, uh, Muirfield is so very nice to us all, and especially me. Thank you, Muirfield. I, I'm a huge fan. Look, along the, the open rotor, whether it be ladies or men, because they go on similar sort of rotors, Muirfield's one of the fairest, with Turnbury. Canoosti's fair, but just hard. But but Muirfield, watch it. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome around the track. They've got so much space there. It's mm. incredible, isn't it? It's just like vast. Yeah, you look, it's just it's an incredible place, Muirfield. So many wonderful things from Ernie winning to Faldo winning there a couple of times. So um, bring on a great uh, a great champion this week there up at Muirfield. I think Minji Lee will do it. She's my tip this week. Oh, very good, very good. And Reda, can you teach me how to putt on um, on on slick greens? I was useless on the greens yesterday. Why pace? Was your pace? It was all about your pace. Pace, because, pace was off. Yeah, <laughs> it, it like, goes from the stroke out on the LPGA or the or the men's tours. You have to hit them on link screen. They can't get link yeah. screens um, too fast because if it gets windy, the ball just yeah. You know, we're talking thirteen on the stint meter, twelve and a half, thirteen week in week out on any tour, and then you go to around 10, sometimes under 10, if it's really windy, maybe 10 and a half. It's a big difference. That's three, over a 10-footer, that's three feet in speed. That's a, that's a big change. Yeah, but it was, it was honestly, it was awesome. Into the way, I think the, the dust, big, um, big up to my caddy as well, Andy, who was brilliant yesterday. Um, I, I hit it well on the range, then I got to the course and I, I towed one off the uh, opening tee and, uh, and yeah, I mean, in my defence, I've not played properly for a year, so that's my excuse, but it was just incredible. So, yeah, I loved it. Big thanks to the RNA Muirfield, and, uh, yeah, wish the women well this week. Right, we've got a packed show for you. Should we welcome our first guest? Do that, yes. Who, who have we got this week? 
Well, delighted to say our special guest for this month's episode is none other than Andrew Beef Johnston, joining us live from an alleyway in Spain. Beef, how are you? Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's how I roll, you know, like <laughs> like like an odd alleyway. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think I got my timings a bit wrong today, and. Um, I thought I'd get up a lot earlier than I did, and I've kind of shot myself in the foot. That's why I'm down an alleyway, but uh, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Ray, I would expect nothing else from the beef, would we? No, you know, alley, <laughs> it's just beef. I've spent many a time in the alleyway myself. It's just when you wake up behind bins. I mean, that's when you're in real shit. It's the flies that wake you up, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> cats, cats crawling all over you. <laughs> That's just a standard night out for radar in the morning after. But, any, yeah. but anyway. Um, Beef, what, so tell me, great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sturkers and Radar pod. We've been obviously buddies for a while. We've done a load of stuff with you at Sky Sports. Tell us what you're up to right now. So you're in Spain right now. I know you're living in Portugal at the minute. Just tell us what what's what's going on in the in the world of beef right now. Yeah, I'm living down in Portugal. Um, I'm over for holiday in Spain at the moment. Um, obviously, yeah, I haven't played this season, which has been yeah really frustrating. Um, I've got problem with my thumb. No one seems to know exactly what it is which is, yeah, probably the worst thing about it. Um, so I'm just basically trying to find a diagnosis to, to get back on the golf course. So you're rehabbing and stuff at the minute and just seeing specialists, seeing consultants. What what, what, what are you doing? I've seen two specialists, not sure what it is. So I don't know, I can't really start a rehab program until I know what it is. Which thumb? Which It's my left thumb. So all the, all the load obviously goes through that thumb. The other one just comes along for the ride, but the ones you, you, you're you injured with is conducting the orchestra. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So it's, yeah, it's just a matter of trying to find out what it is. But yeah, it's been frustrating because I, I was really looking forward to this season. And uh, yeah, to find out I'm probably not going to play this year has been pretty insane. But look, man, everything's good. You can't complain, right? You look healthy and happy. It's good. That's because it's like, what, 30 degrees here at the moment, sweating <laughs> buckets here. Down an alleyway, it's brutal. That's why it looks like I'm just doing this in a in a steam room. <laughs> but the injury's been ongoing for a while, hasn't it, Beef? I don't know you moved to Portugal. Yeah, I moved where there's better and just a bit quieter and I could just crack on with golf. Unfortunately, I haven't played much golf. <laughs> well, you'll sort it out. You'll sort that out. Thumb. Yeah. Absolutely adore the Algarve. The golf course is down there, really cool. Well, you know, you and I hang around in different places than uh, Beef. Beef hang around, you know, you know, all these big old ports and, you know, then all of a sudden gets pissed and he's going himself down an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start treating. I'm going to get a desk and a chair and tree as my new office. I like it, yeah. But yeah, Beef, just coming back to the, to, to the injury. It's been ongoing for a while, isn't it? I mean, how are you... Obviously, you're in a good place, obviously happy family life, living overseas now, but how are you kind of dealing with it all mentally and, and, and yeah, not being able to do what you love day in, day out? It did put me in quite a dark place for a bit because, as I said, I was, I was really geared up this season. Obviously, I started working with Jamie Goff last season and I started to play some really good golf um, at the end. 
end of last year. And I was like, right, this, it was quite a stressful year. So I was like, all right, we'll take a nice break and then get back nice and fresh. And I felt that it was the time to, you know, make my move again and get back up world rankings and get back into the majors and stuff like that. They were my targets. They were my goals. And all of a sudden, they said, I haven't picked up a club since early Jan. Um, has been really frustrating. So, yeah, having to deal with that has been difficult in patches, not knowing what to do, where's it going? Am I ever going to get it fixed? They're like questions that go through your head um, on a daily basis. But as I said, I think there's been some good learning curves as well. You know, I've done other bits and realised that I can go off and do loads of different stuff, worst case scenario and things like that. So that's probably helped me in some respects as well, looking at the bigger picture. So hopefully we'll, we'll get it fixed and get back and just trying to take this time, spend time with family. Yeah, definitely. And you've been on a bit of a fitness campaign as well, haven't you? I know you, you, you're very active on social media. Radar's catching you up in terms of the follower stakes because he's uh, he's on it on Instagram every week now. We love Radar's posts. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I was in a really good place a couple months ago, right? And I was training a lot. I was in that, you know, once you get through that first few weeks where it's a nightmare. Yeah. Training, well, I got through that. And then I caught COVID about two months ago. And I haven't seen the gym since, and I've just got a bit fat again. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and it's like that thing of like, oh, no. It's like, I've got to start again here. <laughs> but you did get into it, didn't you? Like, you were posting stuff on Instagram, and you were kind of, I know your followers are getting really engaged with it. You were finding that quite motivational. Yeah, the reception I had was amazing, and I just wanted to help people, like, going through. And I didn't realise how many people just go through the same thing, you know, struggling with with weight, unhappy about their weight and, and struggling to get into the gym and, and maintain it. And hopefully, as I said, hopefully it helped a few people out and hopefully it can help a few more in the future, you know? Amazing. I remember, Beef, we, one of my sort of favourite weeks, I think, at Sky and Radar, I think you were, were you covering this week, the Valspar? It's a few years ago now. You, you were kind of my guest, guest for the week, Beef. Do you remember this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it was what? Was it six, 2016 or 17? 17. 17. Right, you were there that week, weren't you? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember doing a little piece with Beef going through the snake pit. That's it. So you, you've alluded to it a little bit, that so the mental health aspect there, that was kind of, would you say, pretty much the height of your fame. That was a crazy stretch. You'd obviously done kind of done well in the States. The fans had really engaged with you. Your popularity over there was was nuts. And just talk to me a little bit about that fame element because I know we've had a couple of chats sort of off off the record, if you like, and I know it's been, it was a crazy time and you've had to kind of adjust to that. But when you look back now at sort of that period and, and how life changed for you, how do you reflect on it now? And how do you think it's changed you as a person as you sit here today? Uh, it was it was mental. I think um, Radar Radar obviously knows um, Caddy Gordon well, and he described it the best. He was like, "You're singing in a pub one day, and then the next day, you're you're selling out Wembley." Basically, that's how he basically described it to me. And it was it was all of a sudden, you know, and just yeah, you know, I mean, a few high fives, just being nice to people spending a bit of time and stuff, which I like doing, you know. I like giving back 
to people coming out and supporting. But for it to take off like that was it's nothing I had planned. Absolutely nothing. And because I got a funny old nickname and everyone seemed to just love shouting beef. It was just, yeah, crazy. And it was tough to deal with at times. Yeah, but it came down to beef. Basically one line when you won down there at Valderrama. And then all of a sudden, look, we're, we're all going to get on the lash, basically. Yeah, 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 it was. I wasn't thinking about anything. That was a genuine, like, that was yeah. genuine. Just, I'm yeah. going to, I just want to get back and celebrate, basically. Yeah. Like, see my mates and, and, and get hammered. That was, that was the truth. That was, yeah, yeah 100%. It was the truth. And um, I didn't realise what effect that would have or how, like, people took that, whatever it was. I, I had no idea. I was just me being me. And then all of a sudden, as I said, like that fame and going out to America and I put a lot of pressure on myself going out there. And then I fell into a pattern where nothing was never good enough. And I think that was the problem. Nothing was ever good enough. And I remember playing tournaments, even I think it was 17, uh, at Birkdale at the Open. And I think I finished mid 20th and I was so angry because nothing was ever good enough. And then I just constantly standing there sort of just slowly punching myself in the face without knowing it. And that has a breaking point. And instead of going, hang on, like 20th in any golf tournament is a decent week, right? Mm. Around there, mid twenties and you go, if I tighten up, I hit a better drive there, hold a couple more putts and all of a sudden you look in top 10. And it's such fine margins. And I took it way out of context. And I felt like I had to perform week in, week out to live up to the hype. And I think that was the crumbling point where I just couldn't sort of mentally deal with it. I didn't deal with it in the right way. But I had no idea of dealing with it because no one's ever taught me how to deal with something like that. Or it was never expected or planned, if that makes sense. So all of a sudden, it's just a big shock and your life just changes overnight. How do you feel now? I can cope with it a lot better. I understand it. And having a psychologist and going through that and talking about it and understanding that situation. Um, and as I said, it's about, for me, yeah, just making people happy. I like making people happy on the golf course. And yeah, if that comes big following, it doesn't matter how I play in some sense, you're always going to get comments. And when you're in the limelight more, all of a sudden you, you're going to get comments if you don't play well. If you hit a bad shot, you're going to get comments. You have to expect them and accept them, which I wasn't used to. Because all of a sudden you're playing hardly, no one knows me and all of a sudden everyone does. And then you get in fault with, I better play well or better hit these shots I wasn't prepared now I'm more prepared for it and I think it took me a them couple of years to get used to that understand it and as I said like once I sort of found my base last year I was ready to come out this year and start playing again and I, I think that's been a tough thing with this injury but as I said we'll be we'll be back and I'm confident in my game I've always believed in my game it was I think that was just a massive shock Listen, you will be back and you'll be back better than ever. And I think, you know, it's really, I really respect, you've always talked very openly about that. And I think a lot of sports men and women struggle to talk openly about their emotions and the mental side of sport. 
And I think you've done that brilliantly. And, you know, Radar, it's, you know, we look at it from the media perspective and I, I just know covering that week, I think what I what I noticed and I've seen you since, I mean, we did the darts, didn't we, a couple of years ago for Sky Sports. And I remember we were sat there watching and literally the crowd then spotted you and suddenly all around the arena, Ali Pally, there were shouts of beef and then you ended up down in pints <laughs> for, the, for the next 10 minutes. And we walked back through the through um, Ali Pally and literally you were getting mobbed and stuff. And you just can't, you, you know, like you said, overnight it changed. But Radar, you know, you'll agree with this. He's always been the same. He's never, despite that fame, he's never changed. He's always just been beef. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like beef, beef. You know, you can correct me any time. It almost it went into a. I always refer to it like a John Daly situation. And you know, it's hard to handle. It's it's you know somewhat back. Beef won't understand it, but yeah, one back back in the day, I had a little bit of similar stuff back in Australia. You know, you win your own national open, then all of a sudden you go out there and people are screaming your name because they like you. It's a great thing, but it's very difficult to handle when you're just walking down the street and uh, you're, you you want to be away uh, from, from golf, basically, and you can't get away from it, really, because that's who you are. And uh, But yeah, Beef, you're learning. I mean, there's no doubt, you, you, and you'll be a better player for it, mate. I mean, you, you will. It's all, you know how to deal with it, and that's what you said. Yeah, definitely. When you look at when you look at Daly's situation and you look at like that guy won what PGA and how that blew up, I mean that must have been utterly insane for him. Like insane. Yeah, well and, he was drivers with it with it with it with it with a big old white driver and hitting it so far around crooked stick. And you know, I I remember that because that I got um paired with him a lot because I Australian Open in 1991, he won the PGA. So when he came to play in Australia and a few times overseas, we were paired together and, and a lot. And it was very, very hard for, for, for John. And that's how I, um, you know, look at what happened to you. And I don't think it's an un, unfair comparison, is it, Beef? No, no, no. It's just a, it's a similar comparison. I've always said it, and you, I understand now how young footballers or other sports people just get blown up, get signed 50, 100 mil. That's going to affect them. Rock stars, uh, superstars, whatever it is, actors, if they come in and all of a sudden overnight their life changes and they can't go anywhere and be anywhere. And like mine's on a small scale compared to that. Mine's tiny scale compared to that. And I always looking at the TV or the next actor and even the kids off um, like Stranger Things program. Yeah. And they were, they were young when they had the first series and stuff. And you're like, how are they going to cope with that? Yeah. Yeah, I just it was it was just interesting to see it. I mean, we like with with Sky and then that experience at the Valspar, just seeing it firsthand. It was and just kind of watching you. I mean, literally, we were with you every step of the way that week. And what it was just incredible. But you honestly, you you were amazing with the fans, and I think yeah, just uh, respect for the way you've handled it all. Um, and you will be back better than ever. So stick with it, and we wish you all the best in your recovery. Um, Beef, while we've got you on, as, as we said, we, you know, you're always honest and articulate about the game. What's your current take on, on the golfing landscape and, and live golf? What is happening in the game right now? How do you see it? Do you know, I, I haven't really said much about it, to be honest. I was like, I kind of said I'll wait till I'll be asked. So. That's why we got you on. Well, I mean, yeah. so, okay, so can I ask you this? Have you, have, they, have you had conversations? Has your manager had conversations? Not really, no. Um the problem is, right, say from my perspective and you get offered, I've got an injury now, I've been out for a year, and you get offered 
10 million quid. First time I'm right, how do you, how do you turn that down? If you can go, hang on, that's my future. If you got offered it tomorrow, would you say yes or no? I would have to seriously think about it. And I'm being honest because that changes my life and sets me up for life, the future, whatever it is. And yeah, it's not about money. The thing what I don't like is I don't like being dictated to. So if you sign that contract, what do you have to do? Do you have to be dictated? you have to play every event? I don't know anything about the rules behind it, what you have to do, where you have to be, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not a person that I don't like being dictated to. And that would be a big question for, like, for me, saying if I've got to be dictated to, nah, I'm a bit of a free spirit. I want to play that tournament, that tournament. And obviously, you've got, if you can't play in the majors and the big tournaments with all the history, people are going to miss that. Oh, like, and that's another question that goes through your head. And you're going, the, the experiences I've had at some of the majors, and I've never played a Ryder Cup, they've been amazing. Like, when you go and tee up at Open or USM, whatever it is, they're, they're incredible. And the memories that last forever. And you need that competition as well. But as I've said, people, I just let people do them. I don't criticise anyone. Let them do them. I think the tour will be fine. PJ tour will be fine. And people have to make some choices. But I get it for guys. It's, it's, if you look at some of the guys being thrown that money, yeah, money's not everything. I'd be concerned about being dictated to, being told what to do. Yeah, but, uh, but I think... So if you were offered it tomorrow, your sort of overriding thought is I'd seriously, I'd have to seriously consider it because like you said, that money can set you up for life. But on the flip side, if you said, right, if they said, we're going to sign you up, here's the figure, but you have to play every event. You have to be full-time part of our league. That's going to put you off. Definitely, Yeah. I don't know what's in their contracts. I don't know what they have to do media wise. You don't have to what they do. And then it comes down to values as well. It comes down to your values and why, why you're playing golf. You'd have to seriously consider it. I'm not saying I would go, but you have to seriously sit down. And that's a, that's a very tough decision. And I think it's quite a tough decision for a lot of people. I really do. How would you, I've said it in other worlds, how would you go from working somewhere and someone coming in offering you X amount to do the same job? You'd have to consider it, right, Sarah? Yeah, I, I think every, you know, we talk about this week in, week out, day in, day out now. And I, I think everybody's got their own person. Everyone's got their own personal opinion or reason for doing it, haven't they? Yeah. I, you know, and it's your personal circumstances. And it's not really up to anyone to judge anyone else. I don't think you take, you look at what's best for you, your family, and you say, right, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. But I think it's what's, what I think a lot of the pleasures you've alluded to there. I, Radar, we've talked about that. It's the, there are still a lot of unknowns. 100%. There's a lot of unknowns. And I don't think they should be playing. If you make that move, you make that decision, you play that tour. Don't try and come back and play the other tours. I, I, I think that's, that's where it has to stand as well. And I think what happened at the Scottish Open was a bit, wasn't right. It didn't sit quite right with me. Yeah. Make that decision. That's fine. Go and play that tour. You're happy. You have to think about yourself. Everyone has to think about themselves and what's better for them. You have to seriously think about a decision and then take that decision and stick to it. And I think you've got to keep it as simple as that, to be honest. But then, then all of a sudden, they are taking the DP 
world tour to court because they can't play whilst they can play while that is pending in court. But basically, they aren't taking the DP world tour to court. They are taking you, a player who owns the DP world, they're taking you to court. Yeah, that's wrong. That, that's that's what I said. If you make, if, if you go there, fine. I have no problems. Like, go and do what you want to do. Exactly. I wouldn't tell. I wouldn't tell anyone to. You can't go and do it. You shouldn't go and do it. But yeah. if you make the decision, go there. That's fine. Yeah. We move. We move on happily ever after. Done. And I would never. I would never sit there and go. Okay, I'll take that. And then come back and start going to court for stuff. I wouldn't bother. Why would you bother? Mm. Accept it. You've made that decision and that has to come with the decision. And that's what I mean. When it comes down to your your values and why you play golf, that's where it gets very difficult for someone like me because you're going, hang on, I'll never play another major again. Do I want that? I'm going to miss that a lot. I'm going to miss a lot of the tournaments. Telling me I can't go back to Valderrama. I'm going to miss that. I can't play Scottish Open. All the great memories I've had there. I can't go there. And that, that's where it becomes a very difficult decision to make because, as you said, financially it's great, but that's the only reason you're going. Yeah, yeah, you're hundred percent right. But but yeah, you know, when you have the basically, if you have the power, and but don't come back and have that and, and have another crack and go. Oh, don't you know? You gotta let me play there. I want to play there. I want to play there. No, come on, just just you know, yeah. You, buddy, but these people, when when they go and buy a Ryder Cup captain, ugh, oh, and, and because they could, no, not not because I'm not sure they really wanted it. They just went. This is one that we really dig the knife in. Let's get the Ryder Cup captain, and then what the Ryder it, captain goes out and wins. But what does <laughs> it? What does it matter? What does it matter? We've got a million other great captains. Luke Donald would be great. So, so what? That's what I'm saying. And it's going to move on. The world moves on. The tour's going to be fine. PJ Tour's going to be fine. It'll move on. The, the thing I find, and obviously I've never been to a Ryder Cup, but you don't need all the big stars. It's the passion. Yeah. It's the heart involved. If you're telling me you put Hogarth, uh, Bob McIntyre in, People like that, Fleetwood, your Molinari's, and same on the state side, Finau, Justin Thomas, McElroy's. Well, it's not, it, people aren't going to tune in and watch that. And the passion, like, come off it, it doesn't matter. Beef, I think, you know, the world is, you know, in sport, professional sport, commercially driven, but I'm sitting here, I'm listening to your passion right now. You play golf for trophies, for wins for excitement, for passion. What would another victory mean to you? What would a, what would a Ryder Cup appearance mean to you as opposed to more millions in the bank? That was, that exactly. That's the thing. The one thing that nags in my head is the injuries for me personally. That's why it becomes a difficult decision for me. It's the in injuries. I feel like I have the game to go to a Ryder Cup. I've had six, seven injections into my shoulder I've had one into my neck. I've had three injections into my hand. How many more? And as I said, all of a sudden, I'm geared up this season to come back. And my goal was to make Italy. Mm. That was my goal. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting at home, haven't earned a penny, 
So you're going, whoa, hang on here. Sitting here now, you're talking about all that. What's what's stirring your soul? The millions or the thought of appearing in a Ryder Cup? Thought of appearing in a Ryder Cup. But if my body keeps breaking down, if that keeps breaking down, I won't get there. I've averaged 12, 13 events a season for the past five years. So if I have a fit period of three or four years, like I did 15, 16, I totally believe I'll go and get in the Ryder Cup, get in the majors, do well. The nagging question in my head is, is my body going to take it? How many more injections? What's the next part that's going to break? Mm. Do, do you see what I mean? Totally. And, and that's where it gets. But I'd love to be fit and healthy and be, be playing 20, 25 tournaments a season, year in, year out. Playing Ryder Cups, playing majors, hopefully being in the last couple of groups. That experience I had at True, and you can't buy you can't buy that like you you cannot buy that experience but for me as i said you seriously have to think about that if they come knocking on the door because you're going if my body breaks and you put your heart and soul into what you do and as i said my heart and soul are fully invested and all of a sudden i've i haven't picked up a golf club since the third of jan Mm. what good is it for me i've been to be honest i've been looking and i for two months, I was looking and I was questioning, am I going to play golf again? Do I go into another job? I was looking at other careers to go into. Like, uh, uh, let, me stop you. let me stop you there. Like, what, were you, what careers were you looking at? I was looking into real estate, whatever it was, something that I could progress. Um, I've made, funny enough, I've made a barbecue series um, that will hopefully be out soon. All sorts of stuff, really. Um, but it has been worrying for me, you know? And worrying, how do you, how do you look after the family? Yeah. Sitting on the sidelines. And that's, as I said, that's my personal preference. And I'm being 100% honest. But yeah. as I said, if I'm fit and healthy for the next 10 years, I'll be playing majors. Mm. Ryder Cups, hopefully. Because you cannot buy that experience. And that, no, that's the thing, isn't it? And you've said it, you've, you've said it perfectly. I mean, everybody's got their own, everyone's got their own opinion on this. And yeah, you, you, that's where you want to be: majors, Ryder Cups, winning tournaments. But you're also thinking to the future, and like you said, physically, how your body's going to hold up. It's going to be interesting. It is. It is. But as I said, like I, I haven't thought about it much, to be honest, because. I'm here injured anyway. It doesn't make a difference Yeah. to me. It doesn't make much difference. Um, but as I said, look, I don't judge anyone for going. They have to do what they have to do. If, that, yeah. if they think that's right for them, that's right for them. People, people move jobs um, all the time. Mm. Uh, go different jobs and stuff like that. So... But I just think I just think if you go, don't don't come knocking on the door back. Don't come and cause more problems knocking on the door. You've made your choice and stick to it. And that's fine. As we said, like Henrik, he's made this decision. Fair play to him. Bit sticky because obviously he was Ryder Cup captain, but he's made that decision. Luke Donald's gonna be great. We'll move on. It's gonna be a great Ryder Cup in Italy. And when everyone's there and everyone's watching it on TV and you see the passion for whoever's playing. No one's going to be thinking about Henrik. Definitely. Well, look, if you get the call and you're about to sign, 
uh, come and give us the exclusive on uh, Sturkers and Radar, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear it first, Dave. Uh, as I said, it's not, it's not a given. As I said, it'll put me in a very difficult position. That's my situation. Yeah. And I'm being honest, so... Yeah, listen, brilliant. We really appreciate your honesty. It's been fantastic. Be- before we go, can I just can we just do a quick nine with you? Before yeah. Before we let you uh, creep out your alleyway. Um, we like these, and obviously you're, you know, one of golf's best love personalities. So come on, give us a couple of quick answers. Uh, best city for a night out? Oh, London. Oh, no. Madrid. Oh, there's too many. <laughs> Swing you most admire on tour? Oh, Rory. Very good. Favourite event? Oh, open. Favourite tipple? You like a red vino, don't you? Like a red wine, it's difficult. It depends on the situation. Pint. Good old pint. <laughs> a, Guinness, a Guinness in Ireland. There we go. <laughs> what about a quote or mantra? What do you kind of, if like a saying or a quote that you try and live your life by? Uh, it's Jody's one which is less expect, more accept. Nice, I like that. She tells me that all the time. <laughs> Very good, she's a wise woman. Favourite club in your bag? Driver. Celebrity crush? Oh, God. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Nice, good choice. <laughs> Favourite cut of beef? A Galician chop. A what? Galician <laughs> cow. Spanish, Northern Spanish, Galician beef chop. It's amazing. I'll send you a couple of pictures, the one I last cooked. It's incredible. Nice. Nice. You're rustlers up that little, a little bar- beef barbecue one night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> beef, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us on Stokers and Radar, talking so eloquently and honestly about, about yeah, your situation right now, about all things golf. We, uh, we wish you all the best in your recovery and... We can't wait to see you back on the golf course soon. Wicked. Good to see you guys. Cheers, mate. Really good. Okay, bye. Bye. Beef, we love him. Always have, always will. And yeah, if we can see him back on the fairways, the sooner, the better. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, interesting comments, Radar. And I guess that kind of sums up where we are with, with living the situation right now. It depends on a player's yeah, personal and, and, and life situation. And, and obviously for Beef at the minute, he's injured. So... We'll see how that one plays out, but but very interesting to hear him talk about the integrity, the honour, and and wanting to to try and play Ryder Cups and and win tournaments. Yeah, the interesting thing for me, it's the general consensus out on the tour is no one's got an issue if you want to go wherever you want to go, but mm. you can't take and eat it too. Don't come back and try to take food off other people's uh, plates because you want to go to that tour. And uh, he, he's a hundred, he's a hundred percent right. Yeah. That sounds like he wouldn't be you know, close to the idea. He'd be open to the idea of going anywhere. It's just decision. And fair enough. But as he says, don't then all of a sudden come back and say, I want some of that. I want to eat my pizza, but I want to come over there and have yours. No. Yeah. 
agree. Uh, for you, the Stenson situation, did you expect that? No. No, I didn't expect it. Because I think, I think, you know, I don't think any less or do I? No, do I think any less of Henrik? No, we don't know his details, his, what, what, his, his circumstances. But no, I didn't. I think you accept a Ryder Cup role and went, yeah, I'm all in this. I'm all in this. And Sweden must have been standing there, never had a Ryder Cup captain. Must have been going, we have the Ryder Cup captain. And then for him to go, no, I'm not doing it anymore. Must have been. Must have been I, personally, I expect it was very, very hard for him, but like seriously hard. And it would have been a lot of questions to family and friends. And, but I, I don't, I think you should have taken the captaincy, served the captaincy, and then do whatever you like. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And Luke Donald, obviously, the way he's talked about the honour and what that means to him, I thought his quotes were great. What sort of captain will Luke make? He'll be a great captain. He's one of those guys that's not flamboyant, doesn't say a lot, wicked sense of humour, really good. Everyone likes Luke. He'll be cool hand. He yeah. will be... Um, a silent assassin. He'll be one of those guys that, and he'll surround himself by, uh, with good, good um, vice captains. Uh, a wonderful choice. I actually thought that they might go back to Thomas Bjorn, mm. 2018 winning captain at uh, Paris National. I thought they might go back and just because he's done it and we're deep into the captaincy now. It was only 12 months away, basically now, 13, 14 months away. So I thought they might have done that, but it wasn't to be. And they've made the right choice in who they have picked. A former world number one, a winner of the uh, the, the money list over on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour all in one year. You know, he has the credentials. You listen to me, boy. Sit over there in the corner and shut up. We're going to win this Ryder Cup. They've got the right guy. Exactly. We'll be fine. And wouldn't it be brilliant to see Beef at some point in his career featuring in a Ryder Cup? I think that would be epic for the fans watching um, at the golf course and around the world. So, yeah. Right, we've had a packed show, running out of time. It's time for Give Me A Clue Who. And you ran me close last time, Radar. So now it's time to guess the golfer based on an obscure clue that our producer is going to give us for the next uh, few questions or so. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Right. Have you got your bits of paper ready to write it down again? I don't need them. You're just going to remember them and then go through them at the end. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. There is a tie. I've been organised for once and I've got a tiebreaker because I'm not on a sunbed in Tenerife this month. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good brother, Josh. (laughs) Number one was more likely to be a professional in another sport until breaking a kneecap aged 18 is a fan of Formula One and music. Right. Let you think about that one. Number two. During their spare time, loves watching Korean dramas. Has a successful sibling who also competes on tour. Korean dramas? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Successful sibling? Yeah. Number three. Fluent in three languages, yeah. caddied in a major before later winning one. 
These are hard this week. Oh, they're hard. Funny week. Male or female? They're all majors, Sarah. They're all majors. They are. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Claims if he wasn't a golfer, he'd be the best NBA player in the world. His head cover has its own Twitter account. And his head cover's name is Gerald. Gerald. (laughs) If my fucking parents called me Gerald, I'd fucking... (laughs) Gerald, come here! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking scary! Right, and the last one. Used to travel in a camper van and eat baked beans out of a tin to save money at the start of a Hall of Fame career. Do you know that, Radar? I think, yeah. Radar's confident this month. Right, should we go through some answers? One was more likely to be professional in another sport until breaking a kneecap aged 18 is a fan of Formula One and music. Who have you got, Radar? Number one, breaking their, their, their kneecap. I'm going to go um, Corey Pavin. Sarah? I haven't got a clue. I know it's not right, Kepka. Um, you're both not going to like this one. It's our very own Paul McGinley. No! Would have been professional in Gaelic football, according to his profile. Yeah. Didn't know he broke his kneecap. Can you be that short and kick the ball? <laughs> when you've got little legs like that running around, they must, like, you know, they must go at a million miles an hour. <laughs> they run up the table. Uh, brilliant. Sorry, sorry, right. McGuinness. We let you down there. Who loves watching Korean dramas and has a successful sibling who also competes on tour? Sarah first. So, I don't think it's right, but I was just thinking about successful siblings. Area Jatanagan. And Radar. KJ Choi. Neither of you are right. Minji Lee. Oh. God, he was. Legend. Legend. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, get, well, uh, as long as we get one between you, we've, we've got I'm a winner, sure but I have got, got a tie break. <laughs> Who is fluent in three languages and caddied in a major before later winning one? Radar. Francesco Molinari. Sarah. Francesco Molinari. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you actually have written down? <laughs> um, I'm being a bit rubbish. I'm blaming. I'm blaming Baby Brain. I didn't. Ha- I, I don't know. I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of who that was. It was Frankie. There you go. Radar, uh, one up. Radar, well one up. Well done, Radar. Caddied for Eduardo in the 2007 Masters when grouped with Tiger Woods. Yes. Well done, There's Radar. a few. There's a few that have won majors before they caddied. Sophia Popov as well. Number four. Claims if he wasn't a golfer would be the best NBA player in the world. His head cover, Gerald, has its own Twitter account. Sarah. Is it Finau? Radar. I was going to say Finau, yeah. 
I don't know how you'd be an NBA player at Harold Varner the Third's height, but it is Harold Varner the Third. Oh, that's confident, isn't it? Best NBA is... player in the world. That's super confident. Mm. I just know Finau's a massive NBA fan. That was great. That was a good question. That, that one. That was a great question. Can I just say, by the way, Finau, at the minute, I'm so chuffed for him. Back to back wins on the PJ Tour. One of the good guys. Amazing. So chuffed for him. Yeah, brilliant. Good old pink player. Mm. The last one. The last one. The last one. Used to travel in a camper van and eat beans out of a tin to save money before a Hall of Fame career. Radar, you thought you knew this one? No, I think we'll get Sarah to go first. She'll only copy. Go on then, Sarah. No, Radar, come on. Ian Wisdom. Sarah, who did you have? Radar, you've had you've played a blinder. Um, I uh I got distracted by Milo crying and, you know, I just, I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of one. <laughs> so, oh, well, Radar's got two. Radar's got two. Sarah, none. I've had a shocker. Absolute shocker. Was it, but the Wizzy. It was Wizzy. Because it was. The world's wizard. Eating baked beans used to fart his way around the golf course. <laughs> Radar, that was awesome. You've, you've nailed that one. But, I, I, you know, where's it go now, Josh? I mean, say, so what's the total tally? I think I'm going all right now. I think you've got one and a half and Sarah's got two and a half because last time you tied it. I need to pull my finger out next month, keep ahead of the game. Yeah. How can I have one and a half? I just got two, Josh. Well, you only get one for winning this week because otherwise Sarah would be a lot further clear. No worries. <laughs> I've got to spend three weeks with you in the States. Well done. Brilliant. Give me a clue who. I love that. Fantastic. Radar, good to catch up with you again. Enjoy the next few weeks in the States. Big thanks to Beef for, for joining us. And do check us out on social as well, just a reminder. Uh, Sturkers Radar on Twitter. Sturkers and Radar Pod on Insta. And Radar, remind listeners of your Insta handle. Wayne Radar Riley underscore. And the thing is, uh, on Instagram, Sarah, so looking forward to having you back to work. Sky Sports Golf is going to be. You've had too much time off now. You know, you've had your <laughs> you've had your around the countryside. Get back to work, girl. Do you know how hard it is bringing up? What, a doing nothing every day. <laughs> it's like a bloody full time job times six. I know, yeah, but you wouldn't change it, would you? I wouldn't change it. He's adorable. He's you need to meet him soon. Yeah. You need to meet him. Well, I'll, I'll bring him. I'll bring him to an event. He's just he's uh he's gorgeous, gorgeous. And everyone, place. just remember, Ping, play your best. Play your best. Listen, thanks so much for listening. Radar Good Stuff will speak to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Speckers and Radar on Cuts, our monthly podcast brought to you by Pink. This has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.